Hi, I'm Rasmus Sorensen, and this is SEO in 2024, Additional Insights. Rasmus, what's your additional insight for SEO in 2024? Well, it's it's basically how small changes in uh, SEO e-commerce can make a big M- impact on rankings and traffic. Small changes. Okay, so what small changes are we talking about here? Yeah, as opposed to to always going full on with with audits and and uh, trying to rank on those very high volume keywords, we've experienced over the years that just doing small things to your site can make a big impact. For example, we're in the e-commerce space selling blinds and curtains, and we figured that since it's made to measure, made to order, just putting those uh, small words on the pages uh, made a huge difference for us. So we we uh, came visible on made to order, bespoke, custom made, and so on. And we really didn't have that on the pages. So just adding a, a small sentence to to a page made a huge difference on those not so popular but long tail keywords that really made conversions for us. Interesting. Okay. And are we talking about page titles, meta descriptions, headings, uh, any particular element? Yes, both. Um, we basically just made a snippet on the site where, where in, in, a, in a corner we said uh, uh, custom made or made to measure and had that populated on all the pages. So, so a little bit of content on, on each page that, that just emphasizes that we did made to measure, for example. So just a sentence basically on, on each page did a huge difference. Um, for us. And are you doing keyword research on these phrases? Because obviously there are many different phrases that people could use. So how, how do you determine them? Yes, a very good question. Yes, we, we, uh, we've always been made to measure. It's kind of been, been the, the theme for us, but we looked at it and said, well, what about made to order? What about bespoke? What about custom made? And all these different variations of, of the same uh, thing essentially and used some of those and figured out from keyword research, uh, one of those had a higher volume than the other. So we added that variation to our pages and, and saw a great increase in, in traffic on those uh, bespoke terms. And so, yes. And you still need to add all variations nowadays, or is Google not clever enough to actually understand the, they are very the, the clever context and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's similar words? So, so w- will we still rank for uh, phraseology, similar phraseology that's not necessarily included in the same page? Yes, at least the, the single and plural versions um, is, 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 is Google very good at. But we've realized that the, the difference between, let's say, custom-made and bespoke uh, and made-to-order, Google really couldn't figure out the difference. So we added variations of, of those to, to the pages. If Google figured it out eventually, we really don't know. But yes, we, we actually used some of the variations um, where it made the, made the most sense. So we looked at keyword volumes and customers sometimes uh, said made to order, sometimes said custom made, um, and we use those variations uh, accordingly. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And did you just tweak certain key pages or did you add those, uh, so you didn't add those, um, th- th- those, those phrases to every, every page that was important to you? Yeah, we actually did both. So we added the highest volume version to all the pages as a, as a tagline or a snippet. And then we went into specific pages and saw for specific products that customers were more prone to search, let's say, made to order than custom made and, and added that variation to that particular page. So we basically had, had both on, on a lot of the pages. And, but yes, we went into specific pages and cared for those specifically. But the, the big impact came when we just added the, the same snippet actually to all the pages. And suddenly they, they all had a little bit different theme in, in Google's eyes and, and we started ranking for them. 
Interesting. Okay. And do you find that if you add um, specific phrases like that, that um, are important for your customers, that it'll also impact click-through rates from the SERP as well? Absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a very good question. Yeah. Because the pages were more relevant, our customers suddenly realized what we did in essence, now selling in blinds and curtains, we actually only selling custom made or, or made to order, uh, made to measure, uh, basically was, was one of the, the phrases. So that, that seemed to increase click-through rates because people were really aware that, that what we are doing specifically, that it was custom made rather than, than off the shelves. So yeah, yeah. And are you just focusing on Google or are you focusing on other search engines as well? We are focusing on, on especially being in, in Google, uh, Google obviously being the big one, but, but uh, being a UK company or our biggest businesses in the UK, uh, Bing is certainly um, a player for us as well. So we focus on both and we are international. So we have companies in, in uh, Japan, for example. So, so obviously there we are, we're focusing on, on the more popular Japanese search engine. So, but it's, it's primarily Google. And, and looking at Bing, is there anything different that you have to do to optimize for Bing? In general, I think what works well on Google works well for us on, on Bing. So we know we don't specifically target Bing for our, our optimization efforts. However, Bing seems to be a little faster at, at implementing all the AI stuff. So that's, that's definitely something that, that we're looking into and, and that more, let's say, chat enables the search that, that Bing is offering. But, but no, we don't specifically do anything uh, for Bing. It seems, it seems to be working on both. And we've got search generative experience with, with, with Google coming. We've you know, got AI integrated into Bing as well. Um, is there anything that you have to add on or do additionally to optimize for AI? What we've done is, is, is looking at the customer journey more. Uh, up until recently, we were very focused on, let's say, the converting keywords. So, so the lower funnel, uh, the end of the funnel. But now we are really trying to create content that has a broader appeal to customers. And, and since we, again, are made to measure, uh, customers is, is a little bit scared about measuring for their own windows. So we do a lot of content in, in the other fun, uh, teaching customers to measure and install our products. So yes, we are definitely trying to, to come in on the service on, on that more inspirational content, informational content. Um, yes, definitely. It's, it's not only e-commerce for us. We are trying to be inspirational <clears throat> and informative as well. How do you know what keyword phrase to aim for on just a single page and what um, phrase to add to multiple pages? But for instance, I'm, I'm thinking of your made to measure type phrase. Um, so initially I would think, okay, it's important. If that's important to our customers, then what we should do is create uh, a single landing page for that phrase made to measure and explain you know, why our particular blinds are made to measure and why that's beneficial. And um, the selling points of that, but you've identified that that's a phrase that you should incorporate in multiple pages on your site. So, so how do you know the difference? Well, because uh, all of our products, <clears throat> different products variation are made to measure. So everything we do is, is made to measure. So that became obvious for us to have that on all the pages. So in combination with, <clears throat> let's say kitchen blinds made to measure was, was an obvious one. We looked at the volumes and could see the bar, the word search volume for, for that. A particular one. So we decided that would be good for all the pages, but we can also see in, in, in the search results and see, um, uh, people also ask that there were a lot of questions around how to measure. So all that upper funnel, 
but also how to install them once you get them to your home. How, how do we install it? We have a lot of uh, installing videos, obviously, but we weren't really visible around that. Uh, so we created a lot of guides, a lot of videos to kind of remove some of that friction and uncertainty when, when people looking at the product, they search for mid to measure blinds. But then we, we tried to create some content that, that would take that uncertainty of, did I measure right? Am I actually a DIY guy able to install this when I get it home? So we, we tried to take all the, let's say, inspirational installing and do that as, as, as more inspirational content and then have the pure made to measure on our e-commerce pages. So that's, that's, that's how we, we bring them in, in, in made to measure searches with products. And then we have um, all the inspirational guide to kind of carry them on and, and convert better. The challenge with the people also ask questions is they often don't have any immediate obvious search volume. Uh, so you're comfortable optimizing for long tail questions that you can't actually determine if they have any search volume? Yes, for, at least for us, it's, it's been since we, we are a global e-commerce company and we have e-commerce sites in almost every country selling, selling blinds and curtains. We realized that also from our, our customer service department, that it was the same questions we get asked over and over and over. How do I measure it? Do you have any guides? How do I install it? How do I clean it? So even though at that point when we started it, the, the volume was not uh, comparable to kind of the word blinds or curtains, obviously, but, but we could see from customer support and also in, in search console and in, in people also ask that, that at least some customers had these kind of questions. And then once we created the content, we could see that the breadth of keywords, once creating these, these blog posts or informational pages, we started to rank on all, all kinds of long tail different queries. So it was really worth it, worth it for us, even though initially we didn't see huge volume around it. But when we added up to all the sites, all the products, it, it started making really good sense for us. Interesting. Okay. So you're essentially you're saying is that even though strategically, you can't guarantee that there's definitely going to be traffic when you actually do it. Um, you can definitely tell that there's, there's organic traffic available for these questions. Right. And then it's, it's, um, I think that's, that's more to do with the keyword tools that we have out there, the keyword research tools and then how, how Google presents it. So, so I think one of the takeaways is that there can be a vast opportunity in all those long tail queries rather than going for like the, the vanity for us blinds and curtains. But, but really, even though the keyword tools is not showing a, a huge amount of volume, asking your customer support people, what are the, the, the pain points that people have and start creating content around that and expanding on it was really effective for us. And also for customer support people, we can, when people phone or chat, we can actually refer them to these pages. So they also have a customer support issue, a benefit there as well. Brilliant. And how do you measure success? Is it all about um, increasing volumes of organic search traffic or are you able to actually measure the direct ROI from this um, traffic that you're building? In these day and ages where, where we can't really organically see which keywords convert in, in analytics, for example, we obviously start from one end, we're looking at, at rankings and, and visibility. And then we, we, we figure out where does the visibility come from? Is it actually on the pages we've been working on? We might group them together and see the, the, the combined visibility. We go into search console and see on, on these specific pages that we know we've been working on. Have they seen an increase in visibilities and clicks and rankings? And in the end, we are looking in our, in our backend and seeing what kind of products are we actually selling? Can we see at least an indicator of what we've been doing has affected uh, our sales? 
we might ask the customer support people, do you see an increase or a decrease in requests around these, let's say, installing guides and so on? So there's many areas we're looking, but at the end of the day, we're, we're looking in the cash register and seeing how much money we're making and then seeing if it actually seems to be coming from, from some of the efforts we're doing. But obviously, rankings and keywords are what we're, we're looking, looking for. And for your long-tail keyword phrases that you're targeting with these questions, do you attempt to do some kind of link building or promotional activity to, to drive traffic to it? Or is building internal links enough to generate the traffic that you're looking for organically in Google? That's a, that's a really great question, David. And it does a huge difference for us. Um, our UK site, blinds to go is a 20-year-old site. We can, quote-unquote, get away with a lot of things because we have very high authority. We have so many links from so many different sites and, and also like the BBC and stuff. So, so our authority on our big sites is, is we, can, we can basically uh, publish anything and it'll, it'll rank quote unquote, and obviously if it's not within our, our theme, then, then that's harder. But our smaller sites, like newer sites, we need to do some authority building and, and we do it from a wide range of perspectives, uh, mainly using, let's say, digital PR. So, so we work with PR companies and one I know our Dutch site just made, made um, an arrangement with the Van Gogh Museum in Holland, and then we're doing their prints on some of our stuff. So the collaboration there that this, this Van Gogh museum is mentioning us, that's a great link. But we also actively pursuing uh, relevant links through PR work, through, through creating content and notching, let's say, home improvement sites and so on. So yes, in some cases, we actively uh, pursue, let's say, PR on, on those new content efforts. In the UK, we are, we are doing pretty well, as, as I mentioned, because it's an old and, 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 and one of the most authoritative sites. But the newer the site, the more we engage in, let's say, a digital PR and try to get some some authority built uh, on the site, yes. Okay, but um, your focus is primarily on the homepage and the brand as opposed to actually building links to these individual sub-pages on the site. Well, well, we, we, we recently launched some, some products, um, we call them toolless, where you don't need to, any tools to install them. And those specific product categories, we reach out to, to home improvement sites, DIY people, and, and for that specific product need to get some, some traction and some mentionings around that uh, whole new product that, that not has been seen very much in, in the business. So we're also trying to build awareness around it because it's very new. So in some cases, yes, we go specifically on product groups, on new products, on, on new initiatives. So yes, we, we do. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2024. Now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2024? That's a great question. I like that, the kind of that angle on it. And I, I thought about it a little bit, and, and uh, usually we're good at telling what we, we want to do. Um, and I think in my case, the answer to the question might be AI, to surprise to some. Recently, we've seen so many examples in the industry where, where people, let's say mindlessly, build sites and build content from AI, simply have, let's say, Jet TP3 or whatever it is, build content for them and just uh, publish that without any interference from a human perspective. And it usually works quite well in the beginning, and, but uh, I think especially Google is very good at, at figuring that stuff out and, and I see rankings decrease a lot. So I think as powerful as AI is, uh, it could also be counterproductive if you're not having that human aspect. I know our copywriters use it, obviously, 
for inspiration, for for guidelines and so, but but they they really write it through with their own mind afterwards and, and always find something that's that really doesn't make sense. So so I think it's it's AI uh, as a general topic. Use it with caution, but use it. Um, I think that's the takeaway. Rasmus Sorison is Global SEO Director at blinds to go You can find him over at blinds togocouk Rasmus, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2024. Thanks for having me, David. It was surely my pleasure. I've been your host, David Bain. You've been listening to an episode of SEO in 2024, Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2024 podcast, video series, and book. Find out more at seoin2024.com. Oh,